the Zeitgeist, the comedic research podcast, is funded by you. Thank you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash WDM1. Hello and hi. Welcome to Into the Zeitgeist. My name is David Waters and I'm joined as always by my friend and colleague Shannon the 2.75 GPA Boffman. Aren't you so happy you chose to listen to these geniuses today? Oh lord. <laughs> I think I only scraped by with like a 2.8. Let me uh, post that on you, Yak David. Oh, okay. That's Just embarrassing. kidding. Also, my GPA was much higher but i don't let my gpa define me so we're not even gonna talk about it yeah okay yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah mm, i was, I was about to mention that I, I my first semester of college i definitely embraced the college uh lifestyle and i got i got all c's i started off with the 2.0 so <laughs> i started off in academic probation Aww. Oh, no, it's fine. I got it up. I was just like, fuck, okay. Did you, um, so David and I, I guess, you know, to give people more information about us, we both went to the same college. We went to the University of North Texas. Go yep. Eagles. Caw, caw. Caw. Did you, so did you, was your, did you start at UNT? Is that? Yeah, I went right at a. Yeah, I, I, I did take that summer off in between, but I went. I did right, too. I went right into that fall semester. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I really regret doing so. Mm, I do and I don't. I had a very great experience. I lived on campus. Did you live on campus? No, no fucking way. You okay. would catch me on campus. No. After uh, my older sister, Crystal, she also went um, and yeah. I saw her living in one of the dorms, Maple Hall. And we lived in like, the same dorm. No fucking way. You'll catch me in that bitch. Tile floors. And I just like it. It's like it doesn't it reeks of like an insane asylum. <laughs> Okay, I guess I get that, but I made a lot of friends in the dorm, and oh, I I'm think sure. yeah. that that really helped my overall experience. Really, um, yeah. I think I got that from working as a student assistant so closely. Like, oh, I can and, see that. Yeah, I think I got that, but I do regret it in the sense that, like, I think if I had started at a community college, I would have had a better idea of like what I wanted to do instead of just like what the expectations of me were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I've said it on my other podcast, but uh, yeah, I changed my major six times, uh, eventually ending on history. I started yeah. off as a business major. Yeah. It was it math, computer science. <sighs> yeah. It was a lot of things. <laughs> it was a lot of things, but yeah, I think, I think that's the reason why I said that it was just cause like, I feel like I, maybe I need to take some time to figure out what I really wanted to do. And yeah. I was goddamn money on student loans you know yeah definitely so, yeah other than that yeah it's it was a great experience i i really enjoyed especially my history classes towards the end i like i was just a sponge yeah absolutely out of you know all of because i i changed my major several times as well but i would still say like i don't regret taking any classes that i took in college definitely i was interested in each of the subjects it's yeah. just that there's a tipping point of how much I like it. And yeah, some of them. Yeah. Computer science. I loved computer science. I was talking about this with Riley last week. Um, 
on or excuse me we, we did top gun we recorded top gun yeah. i was like thinking this was the movie podcast and i was like oh uh, no, never mind uh but yeah uh we were talking about like i took two semesters of computer science and in that second semester i dropped it because uh this is a great story i oh gosh. i was writing code and uh our final project was to um create battleship randomized battleship okay computer program and i was like oh okay got this got this i i got the pretty much the basic concepts down or whatever and there was like an epiphany moment where i was like oh shit like this can be used for evil ah! <laughs> um but nonetheless uh, with this final project like i got the program running just fine and um you know I went to the final exam or the morning of the final exam, I went to the lab and went to go test it out and it, it failed running. Oh, and I was no. like, and this is like 10 minutes before class started. And I was like, fuck, like, oh my God, I'm in some shit. Like, and you can't like with code, it's not something you can rush, uh, unless you know what you're trying to find and you find the error. That was it part could of be the, something small, right? Oh, like one, one small like a digit or yeah. you know, a parentheses or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's not it's wild, but so nonetheless, sorry. no, no. But I I don't regret taking it because yeah. I was like I learned. Yeah, each major that I had, I was like I was interested in. It's it just my interest only took me so far in that one. Yeah. History is the one who got me across the finish line. So yeah, I mean, I get that as an English major. I mean, I kind of jumped um, around in college too, and. Um, I think our listeners will kind of understand how this is relevant. And hopefully right now, people who are listening are maybe thinking about like what their major was in college and what you were doing in college, because yeah. we're really trying to take you back to that mindset, that place. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's definitely aren't, I, I think. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. definitely our intent with the podcast. You hear the the bell in the beginning um, yeah. opener, like we kind of want. We don't want it to be a lecture because I hate that fucking word and it has bad connotation with it. But uh, just be part of a discussion, I guess. Yeah, I don't know though, like how in other episodes how necessary it's been to really like make you guys or you all, all you folks, um, go back to that place. But I I really do think for like this episode, it really is kind of important to put yourself. And the mindset of being in your early 20s, and we'll get into that once we, you know, mm-hmm. talk more about what we're talking about and everything. But, yeah, definitely. um, Ooh, well, I guess I should say, yeah, yeah for the uninitiated, we kind of jumped right <laughs> into college stuff. I love it. Yeah. Um, for the uninitiated into the zeitgeist is our biweekly comedic research podcast where we explore touchstones of the past and drag them back up to be talked about and shit like that. Totally. Um, and so today we're going to talk about um, an app. It was an app that a lot of us who are maybe old, mid, mid-millennials. Yeah, I'm um, 27 and you're... 28. Yeah, so like we... I graduated college 2017. I graduated it in 2015. 2015, yeah. So like right around that age, I guess. Yeah. Um. So this was an app that was popular back then and we'll really get in more um into the nitty gritty of it. Um. Can you give like a, a just for the audience sake, uh, like just a really baseline? It was just a, I guess maybe I can do it real quick. Just like an anonymous, anonymous messaging app where it's like within a mile radius. I mean, yeah. We'll get into it deeper, definitely. But like for the audience, if you need some type of baseline, that's a good. Another good way to think about it is Twitter, but anonymous. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but before we get too far into it, David needs to purchase sins. Well, yeah, it is my turn, right? 
Um, so uh, we were talking earlier about trying to merge it in with the topic that we're talking about. And I, I came up with a good one. I think, um, I want, bless me for Shannon. And I have sinned. Um, <laughs> I, I have wasted so many hours on university equipment, meaning like PCs and oh my God, David, you can't just say that on our podcast. I, I it's <laughs> controversial, but yeah, this, this is why this is a sin. <laughs> I, Oh no, you're a part of this, Shannon. You are a part of this. We and one oh, of our you previous don't mean at work. You just mean generally. Oh no, life. like yeah, whenever I was, you know. I thought you meant like in, at work because we co- both work in college, in, in at work. Uh, yeah, oh, God. Uh, um, I am a part. You, am I? I'm sure my coworkers are listening to this. So I'd just be like, no, I, I do my job. I do too much that I if I Aww. if I did goof off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but back then, back then in college, it was. Yes. Uh, I was a little. I was a little less motivated. <laughs> it's funny too, because like I um. So do, we already said we went to college together. Um, and we would hang out in the same library, the main library, Willis mm-hmm. Library at UNT. Have you been in there lately? I have not. I've not been on campus for a long time. So back in the day, it's like it, they you would walk into the library and there were tons of computer stations set up like you just walk up to a computer it's like he was asking for it just like asking college students for it (laughs) phrasing (laughs) phrasing i mean they were mac like computers they were asking for it anyways um but you know they've actually taken all those out of um, the library Yeah. yeah pandemic it's just like little have you been up there recently yeah i went there i, I actually had a friend uh, my old roommate from unt she came down recently and so we went and nina uh no her name was michelle do you remember michelle she lived in Vague. maple with me vaguely yeah um and she came down and we toured around the campus oh, nice. um so Very yeah nice i, I nice. think you know a lot of that really is Kind of like thinking about this episode and what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. today. It definitely was. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I've, 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 I've spent so many hours on Facebook and just like generally goofing off. I, I remember talking. And, an and we're talking about, about like on UNT's computers. This <laughs> is on, yes, UNT's computers specifically. I didn't go anywhere else, any other institution. So sorry, UNT. Uh, I, I mean, it was research for what I was doing. Anyway. Uh, I won't go into it more that that fact, but yeah, you're partial. This I feel like I want to drag you into the purging the sins, uh, so, um, but at least uh, we you were part of that. We played tanks we uh, in Willis Library there on the computer. We spent hours, a few hours, yeah, in total, like over that time. Just uh, I remember one time we went. It was like a holiday weekend, and everybody else had gone home for the That's holiday. So true, and. Shannon, we, I think you invited me out for coffee, and it was right across from campus. And yeah, we were just like let's go walk over there, just because we we had no plan that day or whatever. And you were like, we should go play tanks and Willis Library, and it was closed, obviously because of the holiday. Yeah. But they were like, damn, like, yeah, what could have been, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's weird is I while you were telling that story, I was like, should we? Explain? what tanks is like i feel like gen z does not even know what adobe flash games are yeah isn't that so sad yeah i think 
Oh, yeah, that's a good flash point. I was like, like can I just say childhood. Flash and they understand? But I was like, no, no. Talk about an episode. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Younger <laughs> listeners, my goodness. Yeah, that's a hard one to explain. Um, they were just games on, I mean. But Tank specifically, we can explain. Tank specifically, it's just like, it, it, in the name, there was two tanks. <laughs> Shannon and I would uh, oppose and I one another. I guess should say like tanks, like war tanks. War tanks, yes. <laughs> yes, not water tanks. But, uh <laughs> Like, it would just have, like, a wind meter, and then you yeah. were trying to, you know, just kill each other or blow up each other's tanks. You, like, had to shoot bombs at a certain angle, because it was, like, also there was, a it map was hilly, game. It was hilly, and then it, you had to account for the wind and the type of weapon you used, and um, it got, yes, it was definitely, I think it, it, it it's funny you say math, because I think it was on coolmathgames.com yeah, or I think something it was like too. that. So. It was fun. I liked it. Uh, that's yeah. why I play. we played it so much, but yeah. I remember one time, since you dragged me into this, one time we were at the library and we were playing it, mm-hmm. and the computer like shut off. Do you remember that? Yes. And we were like, we both looked at each other. And it we were locked. Like, it didn't turn off. It locked and it had that blue screen. Okay, it was yes. scrolling and they like, I guess somebody was monitoring us and yes. like, oof. Ooh. Okay, I'm so glad you remember that. Yeah, because then that student assistant came up to us like, "Hey, y'all gotta like go or that's something so like." Weird. Yeah, that's when we got kicked out. Oh. <laughs> that's when we got kicked out. I thought we were like being loud or something. Well, I mean that too. We got, <laughs> we got into it. We're wild. Oh lord. So yeah, nonetheless, oh, that's uh, that's my purging my sin. I, I did waste quite a, quite a lot of hours. Yeah, good times though. So oh, definitely, I wouldn't trade them. Good job. So. Hopefully by now you're kind of in that college mindset or college age mm-hmm. mindset even, even if you didn't go to college. But um, right. yeah. We partied a lot too. Mindset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shannon, let's get into today's topic of conversation. Um, yeah. So um, like we were kind of getting into what we're talking about today was this app that was super popular, especially among people our age when we were in college. So we're talking about 2013, 2012, 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. yep. I think was really its big time to it was- shine. Um, 2013, I guess, was when it first came out because um, Yik Yak is um, the specific app we're talking about came out in 2013. It was inspired by some other apps um, that we'll talk more about, including Whisper um, and some others. But basically, like we said earlier, um, Twitter, but anonymous and kind of based on like a radius. So it, it really depended on your location, how big your radius was. So say David and I are at UNT, it's probably just going to be mostly UNT students who are getting our yaks, I think is what they referred to um, posts as. Um, whereas like, um, it's not going to be the whole city of Denton. Um, right. We do have another college here in Denton. Uh, it's uh, Texas Women's University. And even, I think... Occasionally, you would see a post on, you know, Yik Yak or whatever with them, but it was almost exclusively with UNT, you know, colleges specifically, college specific, I guess I I should say. Yeah, yeah, and that that that's definitely the origin story that we'll get into. But before we do, um, you know, I think we were we were almost hesitant to even do this episode. I had kind of initially researched it and I was just kind of like, I think there's a lot here. I think there's a lot going on and there's a lot that um, 
has happened today social media wise that I think we can juxtaposition with the app Yik Yak, but it's so many people that we asked, we were like, we, we would tell them that we're doing this episode Yik Yak and they were kind of like, they would just look at us so cluelessly. Um, mm-hmm. But so David, did you, and I will say I'll own this Yik Yak was my idea. Um, I just really thought it'd be an interesting subject, but David, did you remember anything about Yik Yak before I brought it up? Mm-hmm. So like you, you're, you were saying that the app was very prominent whenever, at least for me, I was a like middle, I was a six year student, but um, probably like my, I don't know, fourth semester. And so technically my second year. Okay. Uh, so like sophomore and then on it, it, it had like a, a prominence phase where I was like, everybody was talking about it and then it kind of yeah. disappeared. And I was like, okay, what the fuck ever? Like, I don't care about it anymore. You know, it was just another app that came and went there. I, there's a lot of them like that, but, uh, nonetheless, I was more less yik yak. I did have the app downloaded on occasion just that I really just, I think I downloaded it once and then I like checked it out and I was like, okay, you know, not for me. Move on, move on. I, I was going to ask, do you remember, I don't know, Snapchat was, I think that's when, you know, it was coming into prominence, I think, around that time. Or Snapchat was a little bit earlier. Or a little bit earlier. So it was kind of maturing, I guess. And uh, people were using it kind of in the way that Yik Yak does it. You can, you know, Snapchat, the design of that is, you know, it can you, disappear. That's a very, very good point. And um, UNT had this one Snapchat. I can't remember what it was called. Yes! I can't either. UNT parties or... Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I used mm-hmm. to follow that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the Snapchat. I'm sure it's still going. I'm sure it's still going. I love that you bring up that point because very much like there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's there was Yik Yak and there was Snapchat. So mm-hmm. you had images mm-hmm. versus text. Like with that in particular, that Snapchat, it was, you know, anonymous by nature, you know, the way you just sent yep. or you could subscribe. This was a, like a story you could go yes. and subscribe to. Yes. You had to be approved by the yep. admins or whatever. And it would just be, you know, it, <laughs> I, I don't know, whoever the admin was, was just party hopping and they would like plug an address, plug a, I think people would also like send photos and then yes. they'd like mm-hmm. repost they, them somehow. I don't know how they did They would that. sit like uh, whoever users or whatever. Yeah. They would aggregate all of these photos from parties. And I, I think towards the end, it's or well, before I deleted off my Snapchat, it get a little pornish. Yeah, um, towards I the end, and I was like, well. "Oh, this is yeah." But I mean, yeah, that's just how it was. I guess that was the culture. I found it interesting, definitely. It 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 was an interesting time, and it all just kind of reeked of desperation. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I'm about to party hop with all these people. I'm like, oh my god, you. There was a notorious. God, I hate house parties. Oh my god, I don't. There's yeah. so many stories of that. I just don't even want to. Uh, I was going to say there was one story I wanted to bring up. Do you remember that time? The Okay, so there's a, just some uh, student living apartments uh, not too far. It's not associated. I think it's not associated with UNT, but no, it's like a, a proxy or whatever. Just like they, they have UNT's blessing. Or and it's like student there. apartments. Yeah, exactly. So um, I remember one day I, you know, just typically hanging out probably with you, you know, Watto or uh, Alyssa was else. there. I think Crystal might have been there too. But 
you know, we're scrolling through, you know, just checking everybody's Snapchat and, um, we, I go and look at this or I can't remember who brought it up first, but it was the Snapchat of, it was a huge party. Just the, the stretch or the reach of this one Snapchat story was so wide that yeah. like, everybody was going to these parties and like every party that it would go to, they would just had to fucking break up. The cops would come and shit like that. But this one, it was on, I guess the second floor of yep. this apartment complex. And there was so many people and not enough, um, uh, pillars to support that weight of all those people. You know, typically there's only fucking like less than 10, 20 people in an apartment at the same time. But like though there was definitely like 200 people in that one apartment and that weight differential made that first, like that apartment collapse yep. like, into the first one. That was, I remember watching, I saved, I saved the, the stories. Cause I was like, this is fucking white. It, somebody caught it. Uh, I don't want to say perfectly, but um, it was pretty perfect. Yeah, you just see everything drop, drop. down into the first apartment. I was like, "Oh, sweet Jesus!" Hopefully, those people up top noticed before. I'm sure they did because it was fucking bumping. Yeah. Okay. So the story. So if you, um, oh know, yeah, there, it went got it in the newspaper afterwards yeah. about the town that we live in. The story went viral. viral Everybody knows yeah. about the story. If you went to our college, like just it's legendary. Mm. So I I still meet people who like you figure out you both went to UNT and you remember the apartment collapsing story. It's just like. It, it, it it's just one of those stories that it's a, a tradition and carries on forever like folklore like it just mm-hmm. is one of those stories um but what's funny too is i remember so the video of of the like people being in the apartment and then the floor crashing like that video went viral it was everywhere and then people started like remixing it and i remember we were all together uh-huh. i know it was me you wado and Alyssa, and i want to see uh, some other people were there but we were all in their apartment on shady place and we were watching um one of the remixes and it was when they fell through the floor and the song was turned down for what and it was like after oh, i said no. turned down for what that was with the floor crash oh no <laughs> yeah man that was that was a really crazy event and it's funny you say that because now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, that was a big thing that it happened. I heard it just, that no one made, got hurt. So. That's what I heard too. But I think we can. I'm sure. About I it. think there was like some scratches. Of, like I remember reading in the newspaper or like the UNT's newspaper or whatever about it. Uh, I remember like the Snapchats after it were just like the aftermath of everything. Like just fucked up like in yeah. the apartment the apartment below yeah i was like yikes yikes yeah i think only maybe somebody like hurt their leg or twisted trying to help somebody else out or whatever yeah um but nonetheless crazy it's crazy but it's it's funny like it, this anonymity like um example with snapchat at our university i'm sure was an equivalent of yik yak at others yeah um and you know what too um even like without anonymity just kind of the idea of how social media can take off when you were talking about that snapchat story it made me think of a story that's a little more close to home for us personally Uh um i can't remember i believe it was 2013 like the year yik yak came out um Uh our town had what was known and is still known as the ice apocalypse and if you're not oh, from yeah. the South, whenever it snows or is icy in the South, we shut down, especially in Texas. We just shut down. Mm-hmm. And so the, um, it, this was kind of like 
the pre-ice apocalypse period where we were learning that like there was going to be a lot of snow and the weather was going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. And we had a very good friend. Um, I feel like I should say her name. Her name's Alyssa. And she got on our university's Facebook page and gave them like one star and was like, I cannot believe that our university has lacked closing due to the inclement weather that's forecasted for tomorrow. It was like this very elegant post. And like after she made it, anytime you would go and click it, it would be like the first one to come up because so many people liked it at the time. Upvoted it. You could like upvote or like reviews on Facebook. I don't, it doesn't work the same way now as it did. Yeah. But people were like liking it and it had so many likes that it was like the first thing you would see whenever you clicked on UNT's page. Mm-hmm. And someone like screenshotted her comment and put it on Tumblr and mm-hmm. it like Blue. started getting reposted that way. And then the next day we didn't have school. I yeah. swear mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and it didn't it, even sew. <laughs> I, th- I remember. <laughs> really? I don't think it I, sewed. No. I remember, yes, that ice apocalypse. I remember that back in 2013. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we just, just like, had another one recently that really yeah, fucked us up. That was, uh, that was real. I, th- I think, I, yeah, every, yeah, that is it. We were talking about King, King of the Hill yesterday. About, yeah. About cliche or, you know, the last episode about uh, Texas cliches. And oh my gosh, is that a cliche? Like Texas does shut down when it gets cold, icy. Yeah. Oh, that is not, that is a that's, that's a true. That, that is yeah, that is true. That is not a cliche. That is the truth. Um, <laughs> Scary shit. But I mean, I think you know, just both of our stories speak to Definitely. the kind of power and essence of social media. Definitely. That um, yet kind of evolved from Yik Yak and some of the apps that are similar to it. I don't want to say that Yik Yak was this all powerful being, but mm-hmm. I do think that it sort of orchestrated a movement of what social media was going to evolve into and what our societal expectations of it were going to be and how we were going to have to grow and adapt with it as society grows and adapts. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So do you want to jump into it? Do you have any yeah. last thoughts before we do? No, not really. I think we, we covered it pretty well. Uh, I think we're uh, – maybe one thing I'll say is that I think we're great primary sources – uh, we, you know, went to college whenever this was happening and I, s- both, I mean, we both work in higher education, so we're still kind of, ha- still have one foot in the pool, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, other than that, no, let's go. hundred percent. So, yeah, so to get started, um, so Yik Yak, like we said, it's an app. It was founded by Tyler Droll and Brooks Buffington, two students at Furman University in South Carolina, um, and it was founded in 2013. And um, yes, they do have very fratty names. We'll get to that. <laughs> Brooks Buffington. Oh my God, is that a frat name? If ooh. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably a senator now. Like we probably shouldn't be talking shit about him. And honestly, I will say, um, again, like as we've a lot of the episodes, like I, I feel like I'm consistently surprised at the stuff I find. Um, yeah, but. With these two guys in particular, I feel like at the end of this, they deserve a lot of props and kudos for what they attempted, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so um, as we kind of said, yikki, uh, yikki yak, yikki yak, yikki yak, yikki yak, 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 yak,
very similar to Twitter, except it's anonymous and radius-based. Um, instead, so instead of tweets, posts are called yaks. You don't really know anything about who's posting a yak. You just see that, like, all these different posts, um, as you, as you would scroll through, you would just see a bunch of different posts and you would just know they were from people around you. Right. Yeah. I think that was a selling point that it was just, like, a small group or... I, I think maybe even the college thing was a, a driving factor. Um, or at least that's how it was marketed at first. But I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, that was absolutely right. Um, I was just going to say, um, there was a lot of controversy. I think with it, um, especially when you factor in, um, you know, ideas of freedom of speech and what you can say and what you should say and etiquette, mm-hmm. internet etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What's that word that we're calling it these days when it comes to like uh, the internet technology? Isn't there like a word people are using for like safety da- internet? Uh, I was about to say data etiquette. security. Was it's, no. Um, I don't know. Never mind. Forget that thought. Um, so anyway, so the community that you're in, um, they're going to determine the popularity or they were because this no longer exists. I guess we could cut to the chase there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> you don't have the app downloaded and you're trying to right now. Wait, um, yeah. you can imagine who's doing that. <laughs> um, so so when it did exist, um, your community would determine the popularity and the persistence of yaks. And with upvotes and downvotes, very similar to Reddit. If you've used Reddit before, you know, you can upvote something or downvote it. And it's not – and I I don't think Facebook had at the time the option to use different reacts. Like with Facebook, you can either no, like no, it or skip not it. Not at that time. Um, but at the and so upper down voting was also a very commonly you know. Same. I think that that idea was already introduced with Reddit though. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Reddit definitely did it first. I'm yeah. just saying like this wasn't something that was uncommon to us. Like yeah. it, mm-hmm. we got it. Um, but this was something I thought was interested and kind of controversial. So if a post received um five downvotes or like negative votes is how they describe it. Um, the, it would be deleted. And so it was kind of like, um, yik yak self-selected, um, filtering and censoring certain content that was posted to the app. Like it just kind of self-monitored it. Yeah. It's like written into the code or whatever. Yeah. I see. Um, but to me, like, I don't know, that just seems like it's asking for trouble in a way, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's it does. All very um relative to like who's around you, who's awake when you're posting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, Good I can't point. help but like wonder like if someone you know made an LGBTQ plus positive post, but there's a bunch of homophobes on when you're on there, and they downvoted five times. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. you know what I was thinking. Like, you know, there's sorority row or fraternity yeah. row or whatever. Like, uh, at least at UNT that. That's definitely at least a mile wide, I'd think, like yeah. from where the sororities are to the, the fraternities. And like, I know it like SMU out in Fort Worth, like they're more spread out. So, um, True. yeah, like just depending on who's, like you said, in the area at the time, who's awake, who's doing what, 
there wouldn't be enough people to downvote it, you know? Yeah, I mean, that raises a point I don't even think I talk about and I hadn't really thought of until now. It's like when you, like how you suggested um, in, where, at our university that we went to, um, the fraternity houses and the sorority ho- houses, for the most part, were all grouped together. Mm, it was like a block separating them or something. And in my opinion, you know, that kind of even raises the stakes when it comes to like this anonymous app. Like you, if you're in one of those frat houses, you have an idea of who's going to see your yak. Um but they aren't going to know that it's you that posted it. Like you, it's and we're going to really get malicious more. When you start to think about it, yeah, we're going to get more into this. But it's malicious. It's potentially dangerous. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, I hadn't yeah. thought about that until you brought that up. But um, so yeah, I mean, but again, that just goes back to it's a very community driven app because mm-hmm. of the radius limitations. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at it that way, which I do, right? Um. On November 6, 2013, that was when um, the app launched in the Apple App Store. It took off quickly because the founders, honestly, um, they lie a lot. But I just think they are kind of geniuses. Like, they are underestimated geniuses. Um, (laughs) So the Yik Yak, the founders, they uh, told a little lie um, that they built Yik Yak at the request of Harvard students. <laughs> um, they said that they wanted, um, honest feedback from their family and friends. And, um, they made their imaginary clients like Ivy League people, um, because they watched that movie, <laughs> The Social Network. Actually, I actually that? enjoy that movie. It's I good. know, but it's so funny to think about, like, they were like, Oh, that worked for him. Yeah. <laughs> it just cracks me. But ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> you know? Like I love it. I, I love the mentality. I love the go getter approach. Yeah, right? That's how competition's made, son. Yeah. Like I get that. I, I really don't think that the creators of this app had any malicious intent. They just didn't think far enough ahead. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um, these guys, they were just creative geniuses. And um, so when they were trying to get this app first up and running, every Tuesday, um, Bricks Buffington, he would send thousands of personalized emails. Um, and this, that sounds like, oh, how are you doing that? But that's not hard to do with like certain, um, you know, customization pers- uh, email um, things. Like you can make stuff like that to send to multiple people and it'll automatically change the name for you. So I don't want people to think like, oh, that's so impressive that he sent thousands. But it is impressive that they thought to do it in this way. So they would send these thousands of emails every Tuesday and the opening lines would often read, Hey, David, could you do a favor for a few rad dudes? Oh, my God. You should get in on the gravy train. Oh, my God. Yik Yak is awesome, and you're lame because you're not using it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be in the Oh, that's emails. cringe. That's cringe right there. And it's like, but it's like, you're just telling all these college kids who are desperate to belong anywhere about this app and putting it in this way. It's like, it's a free app. Who's not going to download it? You know? Like, am I lame? Okay, I'll download it. Fuck. 
Um, and I mean, the thing is, is that this worked. This approach worked. I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, you're emailing thousands of college kids a day about this free app to just like post your thoughts online, which like at that time was something we were interested in doing. You like, know what I'm curious about is that if the, where they got these emails from, like how do they acquire them? Well, so I, I think... Uh, do, Wait, do what they do you mean? Oh, the it? email addresses. Yeah, how do they get oh, the email yes. addresses? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I read how they got the emails to send them to. I want to say they hacked something. Um, or maybe they didn't hack it. Maybe they just uh, sent it to like student emails. Like maybe they got like student email addresses from. That's what I was thinking. Because they sent it to Georgia Tech, so it was the first like. A school they rolled it out to. So that makes me think, like, based on maybe they made um, like a partnership with them, the universities. It makes me think that it was like student emails, though. Like, um, yeah, maybe it was like a partnership. Maybe that's worth some research later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I they started with one college, which I think was smart. So like these emails were specifically going to college students. I guess I should say that too and mm-hmm. clarify that. Yeah. Um, and these were students at Georgia Tech. Um, once that worked, once all the, the like they got a ton of downloads from that initial email strategy, mm-hmm. um, then they moved to the University of Georgia, which is Georgia Tech's rival. So and it really took off from there. And honestly, these guys are so smart like i would have loved and i don't know if this exists i I, there was a time in college where i didn't watch a lot of network tv but i just think it would have been so cool to see these guys on shark tank because they are so smart um buffington reported um and brooks buffington so one of the creators of yikiak he reported you have to get at least 100 people um if not more in one day in order for the app to actually like take off in a location and um, using organizations was the best way for them to do that. And so that's why they targeted colleges. Um, he, he said that's how that they spread to 30 to 50 schools, primarily in, in the South, um, then to every ACC and SEC school. And, and I just think that was so smart. Like that was something about how all of this was founded and started and really took off that really impressed me. No, I I do have a question. So when he says organizations, like getting organizations on, is he talking about student organizations? Uh, No, my understanding, he's talking about universities as a whole. Okay, okay. Like institutions Mm -hmm. or organizations. Yeah, I think I'm a little hung up on the email, but I'll I'll move past it. Yeah. And so, and I mean, it makes sense logically when you think about it as the whole organization, they're just getting as many student emails as they can from these places to send these emails to. Um, Which when you think about it, because we both work in higher ed, that's really not that difficult to do, probably. Like if you have a buddy in a class at the university, you could probably get, you know, 50 emails just from knowing one person in a class. Right. People like people in college will fucking give out their personal information for a pair of sunglasses. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, this this isn't, you know. Out of the realm of possibility, like I 100% believe that this is how they took off yeah. and was a great strategy to get started. You, uh, can I, uh, I want to inject a story. Do you remember whenever it was you, my older sister, Crystal, and we we went to, they had, I don't know if it was called like UNT Fest or something, yes. but uh, Main Green Fest? I don't know. Yes. Um, but 
we went and uh, I've, I'm one to like, I like to tease my sister, obviously, but uh, I couldn't I, remember which one of you she left. Got, she got split. No, she got split up. She, I guess, saw one of her friends okay. or whatever. And, and so we you were and I, you together. and I, we okay. went to, I was just like, I hate events. I, I told Shan before going, I was like, I probably won't have fun, but I'll have fun like making fun of these people. Yeah. And so we went to a lot of the different booths and I was just like, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, going along with yeah. the just like playing a character or whatever and then Absolutely. whenever they would ask for my email or whatever for a student org i would write down my sister's student yep, email and you'd put her phone number <laughs> i think yeah, yeah I, did, I, did. <laughs> I remember and then i did that to someone too Ooh, um yeah, yeah, yeah we would like put move. down different people's phone numbers i think it was like because we didn't even tell her i was just like this is gonna be funny you know, i hearing about like I a couple months <laughs> i was thinking about that researching this well, it's so funny you brought it up i couldn't remember which one of you like i remember we got split up and i was with one of you and we did that to the other one and i couldn't remember uh-huh. who it was but it makes perfect sense though yeah and she asked me afterwards and she was just like why am i getting all these like i was like she was just like had no clue it was me she was just like I keep getting these like texts yeah from she was pissed people. yeah she was she was not happy it was funny though yeah it was very funny and i i don't regret that because it's funny to me now so too. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways um, so really the turning, um, the turning high point peak for Yik Yak, um, came in 2014. Its founders raised $73 million in venture capital funding, which makes me think maybe a shark got involved somehow. And I just don't know which one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Yeah. To get that much money, I'm sure you have multiple. Yeah. Loner. I don't want to say loners, but. But I mean, this yeah. for anyway. the time, this is a brilliant idea. I feel like um, mm-hmm. social media is still really taking off. Like, you have to remember, we don't have TikTok. This is still like Vine. I'm pretty sure was still a thing. Um, you know, can I interject something? Yeah, I think of course. I, I think I see. I, I think I see a parallel. You know, the dot com crash that happened in the 2000s. The dot com crash. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of organizations back in the 2000s, whenever the internet was first becoming a thing, they were buying all these domains. Oh, sure. The, yeah. Uh, and then like stock prices okay. fell and they had, they had to sell them or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I see a parallel with a lot of not just Yik Yak in particular, but I think about a lot of apps like Vine. Vine's gone. Yep. Um, I'm sure there's a few others. I'm just I'm blanking on at the moment, but I'm, I'm pulling this parallel. Uh, between the two, and yeah. Just like this is a, this is weird. How do you how do you uh, maintain relevance? And I think that that is something we'll kind of get to yeah, as we keep talking about this. Um. So yeah, seventy three million dollars in venture venture capital funding. Don't know if any of our viewers are as obsessed with Shark Tank as I am. At least in the past couple of years, I've just gotten really into it. And so to me, to know that these guys raised $73 million based, you know, on on the short time of the app's existence and just what they had done so far, to me, that's very impressive. Mm -hmm. Makes me wonder if their majors were marketing. Oh, man, I meant to put that in here. It might be in here later on what their majors were. I do believe one of them uh, was business, and I want to say maybe the other one was like uh, com- computer science or like code or whatever oh, that I is. See, I, see. I could be wrong about that, but I think that is the case. 
Um, according to App Annie, which is a firm that tracks metrics for apps, which I thought was cool. I'd never heard of this before, before mm-hmm. I was researching this. Um, so according to App Annie, um, Yik Yak downloads spiked in September of 2014. Um, and they stayed high for several months, which makes sense. Students are just starting, you know, college. Um, you know, yeah. it's kind of that beginning that it, yeah. of that first fall semester. Um, yeah, you got to give it a month to marinate. Yeah. August, September, right? Yeah. But, but it, what's weird is just how short-lived this this app was because its impact, I feel like, is long-lasting, which, of course, we'll get to. Um, but its existence itself is short-lived. By early f- 2015, um, it began um, to decline. People are, like, deleting the app, not using it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, app Annie estimated that Yik Yak only had about 1.8 million downloads. Um Oh wait, I'm not saying only. No, million. yeah, I think I think you're saying that it had 1.8 million downloads in September highest. 2014. At its highest, that was like a ton. Mm-hmm, that's, um, that's a lot. Yeah, 1.8. But then by September 2016, it only had like 125,000 downloads. And um, so that's kind of bad when you're thinking about all of the consistent new college freshmen and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna keep this alive, you would think. Yeah, two years isn't long. Um, but I think we'll get into why it didn't maintain popularity so (laughs) um which is really kind of what's next here and what we're here to look at and i think it's part of what makes this app even though it essentially doesn't even exist anymore except in its ramifications um makes it zeitgeisty so uh due to harassment and bullying Yik Yak made the decision to put up blockers for high schools. So again, this is an anonymous posting app. So you can open this app and post whatever you want to. So I remember one time I made a joke about something. I want to say it had to do with tacos. And mm-hmm. I got like 14 upvotes. And I was so proud of myself. Nice. So it's like I made a 14 people laugh right. at that. Um but like me, who's someone like making a joke about the tacos I had there's people who are evil using this, right? Oh, definitely malintent. And I mean, even just kind of like we talked about at the beginning, and I I hate to place labels or stereotypes, but... Mm, Assumptions don't make friends. When you think about a fraternity bro and you have all these frat houses next to each other and you can post whatever you want, Mm -hmm. you can see how things could get out of hand. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then when you think about that in a fraternity, now think about that these boys are 18 in high school. Think about that with high schoolers. So it makes sense to me that they would put up blockers in high schools. Granted, these blockers don't work once kids leave the high schools. They can go home and open the app. Mm -hmm. But um, what the creators of VCAC found was like, if you can't use it kind of like in an organization environment, it doesn't have as much appeal. Right. So so that did kind of... I think um, whenever, you know, it was going on, I felt that was the case because like, I don't know if it was, you know, I, I think you're, that is definitely right because when I felt like when I was on campus and I ever looked at the app, it was popping. But like if I would literally just go even, uh, our friend uh, Watteau, um, he lived like a block or two off of campus and it whenever i would check it at his house it was less less, like it didn't have as much yeah yeah definitely um 
Yeah. So, so in a sense, this sort of putting up blockers for high schools did work because if kids can't use it when they're surrounded by their peers, like it kind of loses appeal once they go home. Um, and they're just like in the radius of their neighborhood. Um, so that did kind of work in a way. But what I thought was interesting because when, when you do think about this from, a business standpoint, I read this article um, that uh, interviewed one of the Yik Yak board members, Alan Masaryk, and he explained, um, like, the creators of Yik Yak, uh, what are their names again? Tyler Droll and Brooks Buffington. Brooks Buffington, I'll remember that. It sounds like a country singer name, too. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, y'all should start a country band. <laughs> um, I think that it could be... Wait, I was about to say, what is it? <laughs> Droll and Buffington, the next Brooks and Dunn. There you go. Oh, Lord. I don't know. There you go. Brooks Buffington. That's his whole name. So mm-hmm. Brooks and Droll. There you go. Nice. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I'm so sorry. I just keep repeating this thing about the blockers. But um, Alan Mazurik, he explains, you know, by putting up these high school blockers, um, the Yik Yak founders, they're firing two-thirds of their customers. Like that is a significant portion of the population that uses phone apps that they're not reaching because of these blockers. And um, he said of the decision to, um, Masaryk said of the decision to shut down um, at the app at high schools nationwide. He said that the creators, like, they're like, how brave is that? Like, how brave is it when you're trying to grow and they have a massive usage among high school students but those users don't have the maturity to be anonymous that you have to put up these blockers and lose that base. Um, right. I it's think like you're, you're, I don't know, making enemies of your own customers or something like that. I don't know how to form that thought exactly, but like, yeah, it's odd. But I think the decision to put up those blockers, though, is smart because you're also thinking about... Definitely. Not having to deal with the consequences of Agreed. being responsible for whatever could happen because of that. High schools are very brutal. We were there, so they're 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 some of the most evil among yes, people yes. with the potential to use yik yak, which I mean is already you know at this point available to people who can use it maliciously, and I think we'll see. You know, in spite of the positive potential it had, it just kind of became outweighed. In March 2014, a school in Massachusetts evacuated its students twice after um, Yik Yak-based bomb threats. Um, and during the same month, a high school in California was put on lockdown um, also because of some kind of threats that were being made on the app, um, which, you know, if you remember when we were in school, that was like a thing kids did it was really mm-hmm. awful but they would like call in bomb threats to get oh. out of class or whatever oh. Oh. um I, I have memories and i think both middle school and high school of like having to evacuate because someone called in a threat yeah yeah actually now that, <clears throat> now that you're saying that yeah thinking back on it yeah it was more than a handful of times yeah um so yeah so i mean that was something that you know 
Emily kind of was like, hey, this might be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, um, so this was like high schools. Universities came under fire from lawsuits brought forth due to harassment experienced from Yik Yak as well. Um, in 2014 and 2015, a case was brought forth by Feminists United. Um, and this says a campus group at the University of Mary Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the thing. That was the campus group as Feminists United, and then they are an affiliation of the Feminist Majority Foundation. I see. I'm not super familiar with either of those groups. I'm sorry, but um, that's kind of like you have Democrats, and then colleges have like their yeah, Democrat it, clubs. Uh, Fraternities, uh, fraternities and sororities are structured the same way. They have, you know, whatever. I don't thigh, thigh. <laughs> uh, what is it? Tie? I don't fucking know. It's a fucking Greek alphabet. But nonetheless, oh, they would have a combo, combo of the three, and it would be like a national organization. And these schools apply to. There be, you go. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So this is um, so Feminist United is a branch of um, the Feminist Majority Foundation, or like an extension of it. Um, in the Feminist United campus group, um, they, um, took a public stand, a public stand on this issue of Yik Yak, um, and, and just kind of all of the issues that came with it. But this whole thing that this originated from was like, they didn't want fraternities to be on campus. And this app really kind of like, was their reasoning as to why? Because um, I guess at this time, the fraternities were kind of like off campus. Um, mm-hmm. At UNT, we had fraternity row, but then you had a couple of fraternities who had houses like kind of far off. Um, yeah, I think there was a dividing line. So I got the impression that, you know, at the school, there's not like a row. There's just kind of like houses, but mm-hmm. the plan was to make like a fraternity row. Kind of like SMU, like it was talking earlier. Yeah, but... um. This group, um, they were like against that and messages, um, started cropping up on Yik Yak, um, and that disparaged and threatened the group, um, and their most visible members. Um, there were just some really nasty things posted. Yeah, it was um, pretty fucked up. One of the Yaks said something like, gonna tie these feminists to the radiator and, um, Instead of writing the word rape, they put G in um, brackets. Yeah, brackets, yeah. In front of it. And so it looks like it says grape them in the mouth, but you can clearly see that he's saying rape. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another one is can we euthanize whoever caused this? It's like, it's so gross because they're yik yakking or they're yakking at each other, you know, Mm -hmm. um, about their complaints about this issue that like the fraternity houses can all be right there on campus or whatever but then it's like yeah maybe this is why because like if you guys are going to talk like this anonymously what's going to happen when you're in real life and you're they just gave them the ammo yeah anyways do you have any thoughts about uh yeah i mean it's disgusting um you know i don't want to generalize it to you know that fraternity lifestyle or that greek lifestyle whatever but um yeah, with I think the big thing is well, at least what I think of it is just I was doing you know researching a little bit before we started um, recording, and I watched this little clip on YouTube of just like a 
whatever um, local news station doing a story over it. And they were like, you know, at the when it comes to anonymity, is it is that the leading cause? Like, is that the cause of this behavior or is this behavior already there in this anonymity is allowing it to flourish? So, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I think of, I think of that and I think, I think there's some apps that, you know, do it. I mean, Snapchat, I, they got it down, like, Yeah, no, but I, it's not like to, a. I don't know. I, I think it's different with Snapchat. I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, I had a good start to the, my little point there, but it kind of fizzled out, but um, nonetheless, I, yeah, I think the anonymity thing is uh, something that I think about a lot. Yeah, no, and I'm really glad that you bring that point up because at its heart, like, the idea is intriguing, right? Like, you can post and say whatever you want, and no one's going to know that it's you with that idea. So it's like you're not getting credit, but in a way, like, there's something about that that's rewarding when you say something funny or, like, Mm -hmm. important information for people to know. And even if they don't know it's you saying that, there's something rewarding, but then there is that delicate balance of there are people who are just inherently mean yeah, just and are going to take this opportunity to just attack s- or yep. Yep. bully. Exactly. And so I think what's important here is so um, the Feminist United group brought this suit against the university um, and neither Yik Yak nor its creators were named as defendants in the suit against the University of Mary, Mary Washington. Um, even though the app was central to the suit, like they weren't fully like involved in this. It was, um, just the defendants really referring to the app and posts that were made on it as like its points to, you know, what their qualms were. I see. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Its name is mentioned 51 times in the 35 page complaint. Um, which outlines instances when members of the campus group of the Feminist United were um, targeted in yaks um, or messages on the platform um, after they spoke out against like the um, fraternities and the Greek life members. Um, and apparently these Greek life members had sung a song on campus um, that called for violence against women including rape and necrophilia. So these fraternity guys sung this song at a party for whatever reason. Um, And so the person filing this lawsuit and the complaint, I guess, and they partially learned about that from yaks that were posted about the song. Right. I feel like an equivalent of event or something happened at UNT and the president had to come and say something. Do you remember anything like that? That does sound familiar. I don't know the specific instance. Me either. Um, but I did find, um, so to kind of speak to what you were asking about earlier, I did find um, a study of Yik Yak where the researchers set out to t- to test um, two main hypothesis, hypotheses related to anon- anonymity and behavior. Um, they found that vulgarity usage increased only slightly um, when people were in secret, when they were being anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so only slightly. And posts containing offensive language um, were more likely to be downvoted on the app. Um, so people would see vulgar language and just downvote that, which also kind of makes sense when you're thinking about how potentially how many people were seeing this stuff. Right. Um, but 
But this suggests that, you know, users in the community, um, the Yik Yak community were, you know, kind of self-censoring. Um, and it showed that that kind of self-censoring exists even in um, anonymity. Um, mm-hmm. And communities on, on Yik Yak are creating that like self-regulating mechanism right. through which vulgar comments were given negative feedback. Um, they didn't find, the researchers didn't find any topics that were posted about that were specific to Yik Yak. Um, but they did see like on Yik Yak, like the patterns of posts and the language that was used was very indicative of, um, college users. So they assume it's mostly just college kids using the app. Oh, like jargon or something being brought up or exactly. something. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And um, yeah, so that says more on the user rather than the. Exactly. That makes it, yeah, that makes it a little bit more complex. Exactly. And so that's the thing, you know, like people say, like, was it really the app that was that bad? Um, but MI, the MIT Media Lab actually also did a study that compared Yik Yak to Twitter mm-hmm. and found that um, posts on Yik Yak were only slightly more likely to be vulgar. So just like that other study, um, the difference was less than 1%. I see. So, um, fuck, that, fuck, that makes me think. Like Twitter's fucking toxic, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, that's in I, I, in opposition to your argument, but but or to these what we're saying, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that just kind of speaks to the point at the beginning when we were talking too is that um, you know it, it's not an anonymity; it's social media that is what kind of incites like people to just. It's like you're behind a screen, out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to say whatever I want kind of a thing. I'm going to repost whatever I want. I'm going to not research to see if this thing is true before I post it. Can I? I think I'm going to make another parallel here. Okay. Um, so we work in higher education. I So I want to use me specifically because I see this all the time, um, especially since the pandemic started. So, you know, being – I'm an admin – administrator or i say administrator but not the cool administrators <laughs> i'm more of like a grunt worker grunt worker but i'm a hard working grunt worker nonetheless um as an admin you know doing customer service stuff and you know all these others i interact with student staff um student staff faculty anybody in between outside people you know i do purchasing too so I, um, you know, reach out to these vendors, the vendors less so, but definitely, you know, there are select few where ever since, you know, going in person, people are really cordial and, you know, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that with that in-person aspect removed from it, we moved to a virtual office and then phone specifically, but I've just noticed since that, like, with that barrier there, you know, be it the phone or, you know, a virtual office. I mean, we have a video virtual office. People can turn on their video. We don't um, have it turned on for ourselves. But, if you know, so they, they have it off as well. So there's that wall of anonymity. An, you know, I can't say that it's the same for everywhere else. But um I draw those parallels as well. People are just a little bit meaner, uh, especially if you're not looking at somebody. There's just that, you know, separation that. There's a lack of etiquette and a lack of compassion. Definitely. It's like because that human element is removed, 
and technology has kind of like penetrated it. it it's for some reason it makes people think they can say what they want yeah and, and not be polite no repercussions or whatever and yeah it, it it changes the way people act and i part of me can understand it but another part of me just i know that's why it's a real moral quandary for me because I want the I'm thinking of you know the free speech thing, but the, when it, when is when does it go too far? It goes too far whenever it includes you know these fucking um, disgusting like rape jokes that you know they're making. Or um, can I pause cyber, you for yeah. a second? Because yeah. I think that's absolutely I I love that you said it because it's that freedom of speech piece of this that I think is what really solidifies the quandary right like mm-hmm. of the moral moral quandary it's it's the moral quandary because of you, yeah, you, yeah. you know that people should have the right to say whatever they want but you know it's not right to say there's certain mm-hmm. things with that comes that you know um and and you know what's so funny um thinking about this now and and because i i the reason like that's really at the heart of this episode right like yik yak isn't around anymore you can't go and download it it's yik yak itself isn't in the zeitgeist but this issue of freedom of speech and how we approach it is and we saw that on january 6th yeah definitely definitely you'll see it Um, i think I, i look everywhere and i see it we saw yeah and I and it's it's that too. Like that's when you think about QAnon too, and and the anonymity with that. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to like talk about a parallel mm. between you know a, a confession app, which which some of these still exist, right? We were talking with some youngins earlier, mm-hmm. and they mentioned Whisper, mm-hmm. um, and I think a couple others, and and how Facebook used to have like confession groups, like mm-hmm. there was UNT right. confession. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but it's like, I just, I don't know. Like, cause I do, what I do know is that a line needs to be drawn because it's not okay to make people feel inferior or bad about themselves anonymously using your words like that to where you can't be bold enough. If you truly have a problem with someone and something that they're doing Mm -hmm. that you can't be bold enough to talk to them. Right. I just... Like, I, and you know what? And maybe that's how we should have looked at this all along because it currently is how I look at QAnon. It's not what's wrong with me or what's wrong with the person that they're attacking. It's what, what's wrong with them. For yeah. Yeah. That's words. a good, that, that has been um, something that's been apparent for me personally these last couple of It's like, uh, uh, fucking, I'll just be straight up. Yeah, I have I have self esteem problems, and like whenever I get into these moods that like people hate me or something like that, uh, people who say these things, it's more about them than it is me, and so like I've had to kind of wrestle with that fact, and yeah, so it's funny you say that. Uh, I I love that that you added that, um, because that really is like what this comes down to is like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like what a lot of researchers say about Yik Yak is like kind of as holistically of social media, like designers of any social platform should ensure that users have a clear and easy way to report or flag threatening comments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 
um, that these apps, they need to make community guidelines that are clear um, and making sure that there are consequences, like legitimate consequences um, of not adhering to the guidelines. Um, And these like rules and outlines need to be clear from the beginning, the minute a user opens the app. Um, I don't know how successful something like that would be but i i would make the argument that you know with reddit you have the potential to be exposed i think because you use your email address to set it up and but with reddit you know and the way it's set up in such a way that you're talking anonymously about different topics And they're all moderated by, you know, moderators for each group and they can go in and delete your relevant content. I think that that is something that works really well. And I think it's going to be very hard to recreate or make an app as simple as Yik Yak was that accomplishes what Reddit Mm -hmm. has. You know, I think that was a blessing and a curse for the creators of it the simplistic nature because yes it was simplistic i want to say one in the features that it had it was very basic you know it's only a mile radius so you you posted anonymously it was very cut and dry you got the point of it and people liked that i think however that invites other factors like the cyberbullying the you know the just that uh, malintent. It invite, yeah, like I said, that mal. I think it invites that malintent into uh, something that, even though you know, I'm sure for the creators, yeah, it was a started off wholesomely. Um, it was a you know, there was no malintent in their decision to make that. I'm I'm really glad you brought up those points because um, I think you know, along with like the creators not having malicious intent when you. Um, like we said, you know, we really wanted to get you into that place when um, you first entered college or maybe when you were first college age. We're, we're talking like I would say 18 to 23. Yeah. When you're a naive college kid, you're also – I maybe I should speak personally here because there okay. are some people out there who I'm sure don't think as maybe naively as young college age Shannon did. Mm-hmm. But like Shannon, you know, young Shannon opening the app, like I'm not going to expect people to be like – Oh, um, Becky needs to buy some jeans that actually fit that ass or something like that, you know? Like, I would never think to post something like that. I would never expect my community to say something like that. But uh, there was stuff like that in there. And and that, like, even that example is, you know, um, tame compared to... So tame, so tame. I sent you um, a YouTube video whenever I was researching earlier of, like, some... It was, like, you know how... Kimmel invites celebrities to read mean tweets. Yeah. Uh, it was like mean yik yaks. And it was, I think it was almost just as bad as uh, what you were talking about, you know, the rape one earlier. Like, uh, if not equivalent, more so. Yeah. It's, it, it was some pretty terrible stuff. Yeah. And I think it, uh, that video you sent me, um, yeah, like mean tweets, mean yik yaks. And then it opens up like one of the beginning lines is the girl is looking at the yak that she's about to read and she looks up and she goes, someone wrote this? Yeah. And just her tone of voice is so genuine that it's just like you don't you don't realize what people are capable of until that 
a wall of anonymity yeah. is put in place. I see. And yeah. that's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super scary. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, sure. There are ideas and ways to kind of like um, navigate that, you know, like with the guideline ideas. Um, research suggests that yik yak, um, they tried to implement that kind of stuff when it was too late. Um, the app's reputation, um, was already kind of in place. Um, and it says its potential for, um, anti-normative behavior was already established. So like people knew that they could get away with that kind of, you know, right garbage. Mm-hmm. Even if you try to purge it, it might just, you know. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking volumetrically. Like, people just know that they can act like that, and they just choose to because they know they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, sure, so maybe you get five downvotes and it's deleted. You just post again. Like, it's like you said, that volume, you know. And it's if you're on Fraternity Row, it's not just one person. So even if it's like somehow they did implement where you have to put your email in so they can stop you from posting I think that's one of the things they implemented um, but that still doesn't like yeah. circumvent the problem because if you're with your fraternity brother you just have him do it and then the next one and the next one and the next yep. one like it doesn't end and that was kind of the i think you know the fact that these guidelines weren't implemented from the beginning and um, they set the standard and they set the expectation that you can get away with it and right and it was a um i don't know a combination bad combination yeah, and I don't blame the creators for that. I think, like we were just saying, mm-hmm. um, it's a reflection on the others, the users. The users it's yeah. not a reflection on the creators. Um, and I, I want to make that clear because I really do have nothing but the respect, but respect for these creators. I think the idea itself was ingenious. I think the um, goal of it, the idea of it, was all very ingenious and something that people wanted at the time. But I just think, you know, it's sad that we don't account for the kind of evil troll um, manipulation of something like that when you're just kind of trying to focus on like, because so let's back up here. Um, Is something good that this app could do would be like you maybe you're like, oh, I have this statistics customer i've never been more stressed out in my life i hate myself like i'm never gonna finish college and then you have someone be like hey i saw this post like you know i've been there you're gonna get through this like like you Mm -hmm. know you're being honest because you know that there are other people out there having that same college experience as you and you want to know that you're not alone in that you want to get those upvotes that are like yeah yes i get that i'm glad you said that because it definitely changes the dire tone into a more positive one because I, though I do see this negative, uh, a lot of this negative stuff that we've been talking about this last while, I I, I have seen the good though. Um, you know, either it be, uh, you know, comedically, comedically, but excuse me, comedically inclined, or if it's wholesome, um, yeah, you know, things like that. Hundred percent. That so. that's a great way to put it too. Because yes, sure, there's jokes relatable stuff in that way you know a funny thing about a professor everyone knows about like you know there's community within the app and i think you know that that idea of community is really the app's initial goal and it's bringing people together it's not it originally wasn't trying to be divisive and it is sad to think that that is what you know blew it up it was 
people being mean. Yeah, went um, to its downfall. It's unfortunate. And you know that that's what leads today to a lot of downfalls. You know that's why Trump's Twitter got shut down. That's why, um, you know we we look at things more critically. Um, and mm. it's sad, but um, kind of twofold with that is. Because we experienced it at the time we did, you know, it sucks. Like, that does affect your self-esteem. It affects you as a human, that kind of stuff that you read, especially totally when if you you're the target of it. feel targeted by it, if you feel it's personal. Like, that stuff absolutely affects you. But at the same time, you learn and grow from it. And I, I don't want to say that that's, like, how you grow a backbone. I don't think anyone deserves to be spoken to or have to read mean things about them about women men whatever group you might belong to right i don't think that you deserve to have to read mean things about you but i think you know doing that at this time with this app you would read something so like i see a mean tweet uh yak sorry not a tweet about women and i go and talk to my roommate at the time nina about it and be like what the hell is this blah 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 we bond over how stupid that person was like Mm -hmm. so like it's not cool that that stuff is happening but at the same time because it was you start the conversation starts a conversation you can be critical of it you can start to learn more about your opponent in a sense you know because they're revealing aspects of themselves by like posting you know because to say stuff like that i think that has to come from a place that is truly authentic and mean like i don't like i can make fun of anyone and say something mean about anyone right like anything i wanted to say about anyone i could but i wouldn't do that because i wouldn't want to make someone feel bad but you know yeah it 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 says more about i think i've said this a lot about this episode and about all of this is it it just comes down to it saying more about the person posting and i don't know if the generation that's like coming up after us, it makes me curious, interested, you know, I don't know if anyone younger would be listening to us, but because they didn't have that, you know what? Don't get me wrong. People can be mean on all forms of social media mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to be anonymous to be mean. What? It just makes me wonder if... I don't know if they, if it affects your ability to receive criticism, if it, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, if you're not aware of what, you know, bad people think and how they operate, right? can you really change? Yeah. Or learn. Or like, learn from that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, hmm. So I don't know. I think. This is a very multifaceted, uh, before starting this, I didn't think that these strands would come up, um, or the tendrils grown like a hydra as it has. Um, I, I guess before, I don't want to, you know, take anything away because I think I might save it for our closing segment or takeaways, but, um, Shannon, is there anything else that you might want to add? Um, I mean, we are starting to kind of wrap up. I I think, you know, for this episode, it was really just kind of something to get us really thinking about how 
you know, we talked in a previous episode about LimeWire and kind of the moral quandaries there. But I think those were so on a, such a personal level, you were making those decisions with mm. LimeWire. Yeah. That yik yak, a decision you made was so much more community based. Like the repercussions of that aren't just on you. Like, so you downloaded a song and your computer got a virus. Right. You say the wrong thing and someone could do something awful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I mean, whether it's someone like hurting themselves because the, their self-esteem was attacked or mm-hmm. someone, you know, e- e- with colleges and campuses these days and kids with guns, like you just don't know what you could instigate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the, that, that's interesting. It's, uh, I'm going to be thinking about this later on. Um. For a while, actually. I do kind of like, before we do our takeaways, I kind of want to like wrap up talking about this by saying um, the founders of one of the most successful anonymous social media apps, Secret, Mm -hmm. um, they decided to shut down after dealing with cyberbullying, racism, and sexism issues. Um, I read that in a a scientific article that will be linked in the show notes that also, I believe they also did the um, research on the uh, vulgarity or the... Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. The language, so they, vulgar language. And yeah. so this, the researchers who also did the vulgarity study and just kind of the anonymity study. And it is worth noting um, that the farewell message posted by Yik Yak's founders, um, posted by Yik Yak's founders on um, April 28th, 2017, did not make any mention of the negative controversies that came from it so secret um whenever they shut down they kind of brought attention to that and the reason why um yuck yuck on the other hand didn't really do that um it framed the decision to shut down um in positive terms um and they spoke of being grateful to its user base um and hopes um for something to come in the future um and i don't i don't know how to feel about that um, the fact that they didn't, you know, flat out say, but at the I same was, time, I was about like, to mention that, like, is it, uh, is it bad that they didn't mention it or is it good that they didn't mention it in your opinion? I, I see both sides. Definitely. And I think at the end of the day, I, in order to support what I've been saying this whole time mm-hmm. about the fact that these creators, these guys didn't have the intent for it to become what it did with the bullying, um, with the malicious yaks, I kind of don't blame them. I, you know, if you're going to have a future in the app world or the business world or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, why leave a negative, you know, framework behind for something you created when you knew what you wanted it to be and mm-hmm. you know it was so bad but they shut it down right i see both sides but i don't blame them for not doing it yeah yeah i bring it bringing light to it feeds it in some way i feel that's definitely how some trolls you know if the if they're given attention they'll feed on it and continue yep um so yeah no, i i like I said, I I think I agreed. I was nodding along. You couldn't see in the record the audio, but um, yeah, it was definitely not along that whole time. I think for me, definitely the takeaway that I will take from 
yik yak. It's very interesting. It's it's very twofold. It's like you got good versus evil. You got um, you know the freedom of speech thing. That's another thing I th- I th- I'm thinking about the anonymity thing. Um, however, the, I think the thing that I want to point out the most is that just like a lot of things. Uh, there needs to be checks and balances. I think that's why America does so well is because we have our three branches of government. We have that doctrine of checks and balances. Mm, I'm not sure how well America does. But well, I mean, I get your point. it's sufficient, I guess. <laughs> it's sufficient. Um, sufficient enough to continue existing, not like Yik Yak. <laughs> True. Um, so, but with Yik Yak, yeah, there with all these, you know, you know, they say all good press is, or all press is a good press, or, you know, I don't even know the fucking phrase, but, uh, no, in their case, in this case, uh, that, you know, these, these things are very heavy and bring a lot of feelings into them and, and it, it's hurt. It's, you know, people hurt. So, uh, you know, having, without them noticing, um, you know, they were more hooked on the idea. They're the light bulb people, these two creators. Yeah. They did not have the QA, the quality assurance of, I I think of like equivalent, like watchdogs, like um, government watchdogs who look at like you were talking about January 6th, like watchdogs totally knew that like that would have been a clusterfuck that day. Yeah. And I mean, that they weren't listened to, um, you know, that, that much I do know, but, you know, without these two, Mr. I can't, Mr. Buffington or Mr. Droll, they, they didn't have that watchdog member or, or were thinking about this watchdog mentality. They were, you know, like I said, those light bulb people. And so without that's, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm pulling, you know, stuff I'm, I'm, thinking about my podcast as well. Like I need some checks and balances as well. That's why I like doing this podcast with you because yeah. I, I get to run some things by you and be like, yeah, what do you think of this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, without that for them, definitely that, you know, it snowballed. It definitely, you know, took them down. Uh, so yeah, definitely having those checks and balances. I think this is nice in all facets of life, you know, to have a very calculated person. I think, you know, whenever this is just daily conversation for me, I'm not one to blurt out anything instantaneously. Yeah. I have to think about what I want to say and make sure that it's well formulated thought. Not always the case because I got ADD, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I try, that. I try to, you know, keep that barrier there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's my takeaway. Just to ha- make sure you have these checks and balances be, in, you know, it, like, let, Yik Yak, I think I was going to bring this up earlier, but let Yik Yak be an example for that. And it's, inter- it's, it's just, I, I like, I love that, you know, before I started recording, I was kind of iffy on you doing Yik Yak as a topic, but now that we've delved into it, it, it's interesting to think about because, uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of different. It's like this. It makes it. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're about to end it because it gives us more to think about. And like I'll probably, like I said earlier, I think I'm going to be thinking about this for a couple of days, like in the repercussions or, you know, what this led to or, you know, you used the phrase earlier, like the, you know, 
blah 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 could walk so so and so could run yeah um i'm thinking i'm thinking of what so this, i think that we could walk it, if this is a walking scenario what is running gonna look well like? let me tell you david yeah. a yik yak walk so that donald trump could run Ugh. because you have to think about this pre-trump and that's kind of what i was thinking as you were talking like this is all pre-trump because i think you know if yik, yik yak was out now and we were talking about this now people would be like they don't think like people could be mean or bully on an anonymous app like you know today that's just like duh that's what's gonna happen mm, but what's don't need that an anonymity barrier but what's almost so sad is like pre-trump like the hope was there for that not to happen right so um i but loved your kind of expecting takeaways because your takeaways you know kind of talked about how um the creators didn't anticipate they didn't have that quality assurance but how do you measure quality assurance when it's people? Because when you said that, I was, again, thinking about Shark Tank, I, I, the show and just sort of like the business aspects. Like Shark Tank is how I know about business. They didn't business. have a Mark Cuban to, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> to, I, to tell them what's up. But they they got $73 million in venture capital money, right? Like so – $73 million believed in the idea of this app and its potential in $73 million bet on people not being awful, you know, like mm -hmm. $73 million think, didn't think about that quality assurance of people, you know, being mean. And so I, I was really glad that that was something you brought up in your takeaway was that idea of checks and balances. I don't know if that's necessarily my takeaway, mm -hmm. um, but what it really did make me think about, and maybe this is more my takeaway, um, is so Reddit, right? Reddit mm -hmm. is community, online community-based, right? So you have Reddit as a whole. You go to reddit.com and, and you are, um, you open it to like all the popular things of the mm -hmm. day, all the things trending that have trending, all the things that are trending. And, um, as you use Reddit, as you become a Reddit user, you find um, subreddits or certain specific communities that you join and you subscribe to them. So, for example, I subscribe to the Taylor Swift subreddit. I subscribe to the Bachelor subreddit. I subscribe to um, uh, the Denton subreddit where we live. Mm -hmm. um, and so these subreddits are all communities right and so um and they're all moderated by moderators who you know um go through and look through the subreddit every so often and delete things that are relevant you know mm -hmm. not related right. like if i'm in the taylor swift one and someone posts about um demi lovato they're gonna delete that it's not relevant okay. um right. if someone you know posts about um going to a taylor swift concert and someone comments on the post saying something about a tv show they're watched that comment's going to get deleted because it's not right, relevant. relevant at the same time as someone says something vulgar or awful or you know completely unrelated like that those comments are going to get deleted by moderators right mm -hmm. so you have all of these communities that you know are relatively safe because they're being moderated and um and and their communities you are familiar with, like you like you don't have to go to a subreddit you're not interested in. Mm -hmm. Like I think each subreddit has its own guidelines. Yeah, like and each you have subreddit to read or whatever yeah. has its own guidelines. There's rules for each one, mm -hmm. um, and so you are seemingly a part of one because you are interested in that thing. Um, 
and so, but then, so where I'm going with this is the parallel. Um, we, we talked a lot about parallels, um, this episode. Um, but so the parallel here with Yik Yak, and I think part of what makes me so sad is Yik Yak gave users permission to moderate themselves. And Yik Yak existed within a essentially moderated community radius, right? Based. And mm-hmm. what's so sad to me is that we couldn't do it. People as a whole in our communities, we couldn't do it. We couldn't show that we're capable of, of existing. Yeah. It's like, I think, I think what I, what I'm thinking of when you say that is like, have you ever heard the, um, like if you're in a grocery store and you're walking out with your groceries, are you that person? Are we self-governing enough that I can trust that you, some Joe Schmo will put your cart into the thing? I think about that a lot. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, it's funny you say that. Absolutely. Cause we, you have to, you don't realize how much you rely on other people like that. Like that example with the shopping cart is perfect. Cause that's a real life example on the internet. You don't have that like tangible thing to point to, to know if you can have those expectations of people or not. What I'm trying to say is I don't know if it was possible for Yik Yak to even have that quality assurance. And it's just so sad to me that they bet on people and they lost. Yeah, yeah, that is sad. Um, but you know, and I, I definitely I, don't want to end this episode on a negative. No, point. I don't you know, either. There was and good. There was good. But yeah, what I wanted to say to go along with that, mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's one takeaway to think about is how your words and actions affect your community. Um, and so to just kind of tie in with that, anything with social media online, I think. Just thinking twice before you write it or post it. Like, um, personally for me, my Facebook is very curated. I don't share anything unless I think that it's my personality. Like, even if I think it's funny, if it's not something, you know, that would be Shannon-y, I don't share it. Like, I'll just like it or whatever. Um, Like, my page is very curated and I only say things that are like very me centered um and my facebook's pretty much open you can go and look at it if Mm -hmm. you want um but i think you know just knowing that what you say and i don't even just mean this as like a january 6th incident i mean this across the board that what you say has an influence and it can whether you think that you are someone who has power online or not like if you have a computer or a phone or something where you can post on the internet you have power mm-hmm. and you they make it so simple have to be careful with that you have to be cautious with it i think you should absolutely be yourself you should be authentic but you should not let your authenticity bring other people down mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's good i like it and you know what? I don't at this point in life. I don't think it's necessary to really be anonymous on the internet. Like um, Reddit's one thing I think because, but in Reddit you're still revealing aspects of yourself by um, subscribing to certain communities, right. commenting, and participating. Like you are revealing aspects of yourself. Like right. I don't think anyone can necessarily just find out who you are. Right. Um, but they can learn about you. Whereas with Yik Yak or even really Twitter, I guess, um, unless you're saying something substantial, you're not letting people learn about you. And depending on what you're saying, it's just 
going to be mean. And, you know, I think we see that a lot in cancel culture. We see that, you know, when social media goes wrong. Yeah, this up. Um, I'm glad we did this episode. It's given me a lot to think about. So, Shannon, we had a lot of great points. I, I really enjoyed today's podcast. We we brought up a lot um, that I'm really thankful. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't even think I was going to talk about today. But let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. I think this was a really unique episode. I hope nothing else. You're kind of thinking about the same things we are. I feel like we didn't don't really necessarily have any answers per se a solution Mm -hmm. but i think we are really just trying to bring up the fact that this is a zeitgeisty issue oh certainly certainly um jkx not in the zeitgeist anymore but definitely those issues are so yep good point love it um if you uh, yeah if you (laughs) if you enjoyed you know today's episode the the topics that we brought up uh, definitely you know let us know uh, go check out the uh, patreon uh that we have go you know subscribe over there also you know facebook instagram all that fun jazz but on that note shannon i'm ready to get out of here yeah go what post that on yuck yuck david oh, oh god <laughs> jesus yeah uh oh before we leave oh, wait, shannon, before we leave. I, you do this I every time i love it i love this uh here. like every time every time i close out the show you're like yeah let's go let's get out of here i'm like no 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 no, no. We, what are we doing next week what are we doing next week um i think um oh next week uh we're gonna do pro it's probably gonna be dare we'll say probably just in case it's not but it's probably gonna be dare yeah yeah no i i, I think i second that i like dare next Stop drugs. Mm-hmm. Did it work? That's the question. Did I guess we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> I don't know why out. I maniacally laughed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. That's well, okay, uh, David. We're a podcast and I always say see ya, so. <laughs> you always say see ya? Yeah, and I'm never going to see them. I say see ya whenever we say bye. Oh, I thought you were talking about see ya, the art, the music artist. I was oh. like, what? How does that? No. <laughs> On that note, see, see, that's why I need to get out of here. Good Lord. Um, Chen, good having you. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Zeitgeist is a bi-weekly podcast recorded in the DFW, Austin, and San Antonio areas in the state of Texas. The podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, David Lonnie Waters. My co-host and researcher for the show is Shannon Boffman.